Reverend Corey Passens, welcome to Inspired by Interfaith Voices. I am really excited to talk to you. I understand that you oversee interfaith programs for an organization called Interfaith Works, which serves the community in Olympia, Washington. That's right. Yeah, we actually serve Thurston County, uh, which is the county in which Olympia, Washington is located. And we are a coalition of 30 plus diverse faith and spiritual communities and affiliated organizations. And on a programmatic level, we're the region's largest social service provider of shelter for um, vulnerable adults experiencing homelessness. Is that work that you do in providing service for the unhoused, is is that one of the primary programs of your organization? It definitely is. We have like roughly 70 staff. The vast majority of those staff are management and shelter staff for the guests. And how does the Interfaith Works Camp program fit in? What draws this organization to step into the work of gathering and convening kids? The Interfaith Summer Camp is part of the organization, which we call Interfaith Relations. We foster connectivity and relationship between interfaith members of our network. The Interfaith Kids Camp, um, which we call Faith Explorations, is this great partnership between the members of the communities who are part of our network. They each have delegates that come to our monthly program council meetings and the people that are kind of plugged into what we're doing as an organization. They volunteer to come and to to be with the kids and to offer various programmatic pieces for the camp. So it's actually supported by the membership of the network too. It's really cool. Like for example, there are people who in our network who are practitioners of universal Sufism, which is um, an expression of Sufism in, in the 1960s by a person named Anayat Khan who came from India to America to spread Sufi teachings and were propagated by a man named Samuel Lewis who developed the Dances of Universal Peace. And these dances are offered to the kids at the summer camp. There are folks who come and share crafts that are tell stories, maybe about their traditions or myths in their own traditions. There are people who do drama with the kids. So it's really like supported by the membership of Interfaith Works, which I think is just really cool. How old are the campers that come to the camp and what does an average day look like? They're grades three to six. The camp is, is Monday through Friday, so it's not, you know, super long. It's like nine to three every day. The kids meet at the local Jewish synagogue in our town, which is a reconstructionist synagogue. And the woman who is the director of religious education there, her name is Catherine Carmel. She is the camp director. The kids meet at the temple. Catherine and I, we kind of curate the interfaith programming part where I help to solicit delegates from our network to offer content to the kids and then Catherine coordinates that and also offers interfaith religious um, programming during the day so they can learn about different traditions, different leaders or people who've walked in different traditions, some of the beliefs and some of the practices and songs of different traditions. And they can just get an exposure um, to the, the breadth of the wisdom traditions of the world. So are the kids coming from families that have a, a connection to interfaith works? 
How are the kids identified? Where are the kids coming from? Yeah, the, it tends to be a pretty diverse group. We don't ask for religious designation for the families or the campers. Um, so I don't really have data on that. And also, we just started back up last summer after taking you know a couple summers off with with COVID and whatnot. We advertise within our network, and we have a real diverse profile of organizations that are connected with Interfaith Works, plus people who just contribute to Interfaith Works and volunteer who aren't really affiliated from a lot of different sectors. So the draw was really diverse last summer. When you say diverse, what do you mean by that? It can mean many things to listeners. Yeah, I mean, there were kids from a wide range of racial and cultural backgrounds, um, and there were kids from a wide range of spiritual and religious backgrounds. And I think that the commitment to welcoming that Interfaith Works has fostered over the years, I think really encourages that kind of safety for spaces where there can be diversity and it can be held um, and honored and feel safe. You know, when you talk about um, grades three through six, what kind of conversations can you have with kids at that age, just being mindful of where they are developmentally and also Mm -hmm. mindful of their family practices and traditions that they may bring with them or not mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. the camp. Yeah, well, I'll just give, I'll give one example. Um, I actually contributed one afternoon with another person from my, from the spiritual community that I attend. And we, we showed up and we did some songs with the kids. We, um, this was a person who's done a lot of, of work, choral work with kids and we sang a couple of songs and we sang um, one of the songs was, was in Hebrew, Shalom Havarim. And when we were there, we asked Catherine Carmel, who was right there with us with the kids, if she would talk a little bit about what the words mean to that song. So the kids, um, you know, I'm not sure how much they remember from what the words mean, but they got to actually see, you know, adults having a good conversation about what the song is and so that's an experiential piece, you know, where they get to see um, and experience like interfaith sharing. And then one of the other songs that we that we sang um, had the word God in it. And so we asked the kids, you know, what have you heard? What do you think about this word? And you know, some, and some of the kids responded, and we talked about how there's so many different ways to think about what God is and looked at all the different, you know, ways that people have, have thought about what this word is. And so I think by doing that, you know, we, we fostered a place of curiosity You know, we modeled that it's okay to be curious about some of these words that can, that can feel like they have um, actual answers, you know, in some traditions. And we showed them that it's okay to, to, to explore what words like that can be about, you know? So really it was like, we're showing some culture of inclusivity and welcome and we're, and we're doing some real teaching about the substance of these traditions too. Do you ever get questions or pushback or concerns from parents about Mm -hmm. experiences that their kids might be having in this space in which you're encouraging curiosity at a mm-hmm. time when parents at home might be encouraging allegiance or loyalty to one particular yeah. family tradition. Does that, is that something yeah. that comes up for you guys? I can't answer whether that's ever happened or not, but I think that 
folks who would enroll their kids in this program understand the mission of Interfaith Works, which is interfaith understanding and cooperation. Mm-hmm. And I, um, I have not heard of any stories where people have expected, you know, singular programming, given the way we advertise it and the tradition of Interfaith Works. So really, I think the answer I'm going to say is no. I, at least I haven't heard that from last year, and I really don't think that's been an issue, but I think it would be an outlier if it has happened. What I hear you saying is that the camp is projecting inclusivity and inviting people to bring their kids for, as an opportunity for learning about other traditions that is yeah. inherently exposing them to different ideas. And so I suspect parents who are less inclined to do that might not attend the camp. I guess that's what I hear you saying. That's what I'm saying. When you are talking to third to sixth graders, like that eight to 12 group, do questions come up that you cannot answer? And I know that kids at that age are super curious. I'm 100% sure that Catherine has has received all kinds of blunt, open questions from kids <laughs> about religions. Because also, when you're in a when you're in a place of safety, to you know, to know, to feel safe, to to have your mind open to possibilities, that's a beautiful thing. I'm not there at every moment when that happens, but I have total trust in the way that Catherine understands, you know, the mission of of Interfaith Works, and she's been a she's also a former uh, president of the board of Interfaith Works. And she's just deeply committed, as is the local temple. It's a whole community that's committed to to relationships and to fostering inclusivity. I hope that that's happening, and I trust that it is. And I know that Catherine's just just welcoming it when that when those moments come up. Do you follow the kids? Do you have any sense if this experience, this exposure, this curiosity, singing other tradition songs or traveling to a house of worship or participating in an age-appropriate activity that might mm-hmm. introduce them to concepts they've never heard before, what mm-hmm. happens when these kids get older? How do, how do they take those mm-hmm. experiences with them? I know that from last year, there are a couple of kids who are coming back this year to be counselors in training too, just from last year that want to be counselors in training from their camp experience. And I just think that's, that's kind of a testimony right there to like (laughs) them wanting to be part of it and to guide it too. Are you connected to other folks like yourself around the country who are also curating interfaith camp experiences? I'm not familiar with any camps in the, in the Northwest that are doing it. There's, you know, plenty of camps that are working from more of a, you know, singular religious identity. But right now, no, we're not in conversation with with other interfaith camps. We are in conversation with some um, a United Church of Christ conference out in the in the northeast, out in your region, actually that that does some work with um, youth, and um, they do like a a youth sleep out for homelessness, where you know kids who are in like middle school age do a one night sleep out where they kind of explore issues around homelessness. And we are, we are actually um, consulting with them to offer something like that here in mm-hmm. our region in the fall too. So there's, you know, we do collaborate with other you know, organizations and we have plenty of collaborations going on with regional interfaith groups here in the Northwest for a variety of different issues, not related to interfaith summer camp. When you take a step back and look at the world that in its current state is incredibly Mm -hmm. polarized and where religion is 
polarized in part because of politics, but also because of a host of other factors. You know, the number of young people who no longer affiliate or identify as, you know, associated with a religious tradition or religious um, institution is higher than it's ever been. And the number of interfaith families is higher than it's ever been, according Mm -hmm. to Pew Research, which is just makes me wonder, how does your camp fit into this landscape in which there are fewer folks identifying with tradition? And so fewer folks are learning about tradition. Yeah, I mean, the Pacific Northwest, too, I mean, is where where the we have the highest rate of unaffiliated people, you know, in the country. And I think, you know, from what I from what I've learned from you know, my own work and in, in interfaith works. And I'm also a minister for an interfaith community here in Olympia. I have found that, you know, there's really not a need to make a case. There's just a need to make a space. And people have an interest in um, having their kids understand um, religious traditions of the world, even if they're not, even if they're not sharing that tradition in their home or participating in an organized way in that religion. But just the the reality of having their kids be exposed to it and to learn about it in a, in a friendly environment is, seems really important to them. So, yeah, I think it's more about making a space rather than making a case for it. Can you talk a little bit about your own spiritual identity and if you had experiences going to summer camp when you were younger? Yeah, my work here in Olympia, is, I'm half time with this organization, Interfaith Works. I'm a minister in an interfaith community here in Olympia. So with the people we were just talking about who are unaffiliated, people who have maybe grown up in traditions um, where they're exploring beyond those traditions. You know, I work on a, on a spiritual level and a, and a pastoral level with, with folks like that every day. So I'm really kind of meshed in that kind of relational work and really feel blessed and honored to be able to do that. Reverend Corey Passens is an ordained minister with the United Church of Christ and is the Interfaith Relations Manager for Interfaith Works in Olympia, Washington, which serves Thurston County in Washington State. Coming up in future episodes, we hope to do more features about local interfaith organizations and innovative programs. So if you have one in your local community that you think we ought to profile, send me an email at amber at interfaithradio.com. That's all for this week's show. If you missed any part, you can stream it online at interfaithradio.org. While you're there, you can also learn about us, read the show notes, sign up for our newsletter, and explore the archives. You can find our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or really the podcaster of your choice. Just search Interfaith Voices. And while you're there, help us out. Leave a rating and a review. It helps others find us. A special thanks to MC Yogi for our theme music, additional music by Blue Dot Sessions, and a special thanks to our founder, Maureen Fiedler. This week's episode was produced by Kevin McCarthy and Kimberly Winston. Inspired is a production of Interfaith Voices. We're a nonprofit, and we rely on the generous support of our listeners to bring you this show. I'm your host and executive producer, Umbreen Khan. Remember to stay safe, stay well, and stay connected. I'll see you next week.